0: Welcome to the 392nd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Jen Lyons, author of the novel The Memory of Souls. Stay tuned for the interview. And just a quick programming note, this episode and all the episodes of the Reading and Writing Podcast are dedicated to the memory of Charles Terry Rutherford, my father, who passed away on April 11th. 2021. The reading and writing podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S. Check out Libro.fm today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Jen Lyons, author of the new novel, The Memory of Souls, A Chorus of Dragons, book three. Jen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me here.
0: Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your novel A Memory of Souls Book 3 and a Chorus of Dragons, how would you describe the novel?
1: It's it's very much the my empire strikes back. But in terms of of what the overall series is about, it's about the chosen one. It's a fantasy epic fantasy story about the chosen one who is prophesized to come and see, maybe not save everybody. In point of fact, the prophecies say the opposite, that somebody, the chosen one's going to show up and and destroy the world. And what happens if you're the chosen one and don't actually want to do that? That's where you keep your stuff. Book three, which is the mid book in the series. It's a five book uh, series is is when everything is really starting to get terrible which is a lot of fun
0: <laughs> do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write your series a course of dragons
1: i get asked that a lot and of course the problem is that when you have a book series that you've been working on as long as i've been working on this one it is it's a little bit difficult to point to one single Pebble that started the avalanche. But in this particular case, before it was a novel, I will freely admit it was a DD campaign.
0: And so were you, I assume that's the case, that you were the dungeon master?
1: I was one of, yeah.
0: Ah, well. Cool. I know that authors don't always have a ton of input in their, into their book covers, but A Memory of Souls has to be one of the best covers of the year, in my opinion, thus far. Did you have any input into the cover? And what do you think of it?
1: I, I actually have a lot of input into these covers. I did from the very beginning. I was, I was a graphic illustrator and art director for 20 years before I started writing books. They knew when I was going into this, I warned them. I said, I'm going to have a lot of opinions on the book covers. And they said, oh, that's fine. <laughs> and I've had a lot of opinions on the book covers. But uh, Lars Grant West, who has done all the covers, is amazing. And I have honestly had very little to complain about with the work
0: that he has done. Great. Well, can you talk a little bit about your dragons in your series? Because in modern fantasy, dragons span the gamut. And, and where, how would you describe your dragons and how they're unique or different?
1: Well, so I have always been um, a huge fan of the idea that dragons are a little bit like, I guess the, the best analogy I can come up with is a little bit like kaiju. That a good dragon should be monstrous and dangerous and nothing that you want to casually go up against. So when I sat down to create the dragons for this series, I decided that there was going to be a limited number of them. They were all going to be unique. No two dragons were going to be alike. And they were all going to be catastrophic events in of themselves. So when I created them, I literally made them catastrophic events. Shranakal, the old man who shows up in the first book, is, is in the embodiment of a volcano. A very crazy volcano. <laughs> Ionaric is, is blizzards. So each of them is, is very much tied to a very destructive force of nature. And that was, once you make that decision, the rest of the dragon kind of creates itself.
0: So what are your earliest memories of reading science fiction and fantasy?
1: Ah, okay. My earliest memory of reading science fiction and fantasy was when I was four years old. I remember... Uh, I have to apologize. I remember accidentally stealing a book from a, a public library. <laughs> yeah, I was four. <laughs> I didn't realize I was supposed to give it back before we moved. But it was it was Snow White. It was this beautifully illustrated version of Snow White. Uh, but it was definitely a version of Snow White where the where the queen gets put into the red hot iron shoes at the end. <laughs> that that had an effect on me. It definitely had an effect on me. And then after that, it was pretty much anything and everything I could get my hands on from a reasonably early age. But that was my that was my first memory. My first book memory, my first non book memory was Sleeping Beauty and being very upset about Maleficent dying.
0: <laughs> so, what was your path to writing beyond reading those early books? Was it always there?
1: No, it was not always there. I, as I mentioned, I'm an artist, and my early career path was very much you're going to be an artist. That was that was what I was told from a very early age. This is your destiny. This is what you have to do, and I followed that for you know most of my life. And it didn't even occur to me that I was during that whole time I was always writing. I was writing stories to go with my drawings. I was writing backgrounds for characters I was creating for tabletop role-playing games. I was always writing masses of text to go with things. I actually, my first book, I don't even know how good it was. It it was a long time ago. I, I think I was 12, but it didn't even occur to me that I should try to become a writer. That, was, that wasn't until much later when my, my ex-husband dared me to write a book. And I did. And it was pretty, I think, standard stuff for a first book, meaning it was terrible. But <laughs> I, I found I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process of writing, so I kept doing it.
0: So if you think about that now, what was terrible about it? What did you have to learn about writing before getting your first novel, The Ruin of Kings, published?
1: Yeah, God, I, I think I, I did all of the classic don't do this stuff. I First of all, I over-researched. It wasn't a fantasy novel. It was a science fiction novel. And I probably spent two years... Reading everything I could get my hands on about hyperspace theory, advanced astronomy, epidemiology, <laughs> just neurology, just completely over-researched it. And then when I actually wrote it, I, I think there was like a 20-something page prologue that was just world history. Just the driest <laughs> world history you
0: can imagine. Yeah, don't do that. 20-page info dump.
1: Yeah, yeah. 20, 20 something page info dump. And it was it was a lot of the classic, a lot of the classic mistakes. I think I even had chapter one, the main character, waking up as the first thing that happens in in chapter one. It was just rife with the the newbie <laughs> cliches of <laughs>
0: So, what then led you to writing L- *Ruin of Kings*?
1: So, *Ruin of Kings* was actually so I, the second book I wrote, was what eventually became the *Ruin of Kings*, and it was it was still bad, but it was a little bit better. And like I said, some of the inspiration for that was was Dungeons and Dragons. Although, even then, I knew that I was going to have to file the serial numbers off of that and turn it into something that didn't so much look like Dungeons & Dragons. But but basically, at that point, once I made that decision, and this was a thing that I was doing all kinds of stuff with as a setting, I did, yes, I'm this level of geek. I ran LARPs. LARP games set in core, set in the, the world that, that this is all based out of. I, I was doing a lot of this work on uh, a background, uh, on a setting, so why not set a book there?
0: Do you remember the first time that you Saw the ruin of Kings on a bookstore shelf. What did that feel like?
1: Oh goodness. it felt amazing. It, it felt a little unreal and I, it still feels a little unreal every single time I go into a bookstore and, and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, even if you get a book published, it's not uncommon for it to be gone after a couple months. And, <laughs> the idea that I can still go into a bookstore and still find my book blows me away. I just, I haven't, still doesn't feel real.
0: In addition to writing fantasy novels, you also worked in the video game industry. How did your work in video games impact your writing?
1: Um, Well, I think it gave me a real appreciation for the idea of set pieces. So in video games, you have you have missions but you have these location set pieces that you use to to create interesting experiences and i think that idea of you you have your characters go through an environment a setting that also has to be really interesting very much sank in and, and left an impact and of course there's a bit in um the first book in ruin of kings it's just flat out video game <laughs> it's, there's one of the one of the characters in there can create illusions and he's having to train the main character and he just video games it. it's, it's okay we're gonna run you through a scenario now we're gonna restart it now we're gonna oh you died again okay we're gonna restart it <laughs> because if you could create illusions why wouldn't you train somebody
0: that way exactly so what has been your writing process for your A Chorus of Dragon novels? I know there are five books planned, as you've mentioned. Did you write an extensive plot outline for all five before you finished the first book?
1: I wrote a series synopsis. And I think that was mostly, Well, on, I think. I know that was mostly to reassure Tor that I did, in fact, have a plan for the five books. They wanted to make sure that I knew what I was going to be doing on that, which I do not blame them for at all. But I think almost from the very beginning, we deviated from that original synopsis, which was hysterical. It was like, okay, here's the synopsis. Yeah, great. We're going to go ahead. We're going to buy the series. We're going to work out this publishing deal. And like the first phone call with my editor, she was like, and let's not do this thing that you talked about in the synopsis. So it was a good thing that I had not written the other books. I would have had a lot of a lot of rewriting to do but my process is fairly methodical. Having come to this from the video game industry or more specifically come to this from being a producer in the video game industry, you really get a a sense of how do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And the idea is that you, you do not wait for inspiration to strike, you do not wait for the muse you do a little bit of work every day. And if you get if you can do a little bit of work every day, you will end up with a novel.
0: So, that's great. So are you working on another novel now?
1: I'm currently doing edits for book 4 and I am about to start writing book 5.
0: Given your success to date with your novels, what writing advice would you offer for listeners who are working on their own stories and novels?
1: Um, I would say probably the most valuable skill that that writers can learn is how to listen to themselves, because you're going to have a lot of advice that is thrown at you. And some of that advice will be advice you should listen to. And some of it will be advice you should not listen to. And I think the hardest thing about this craft is figuring out which is which. That said, the second piece of advice I would give is don't stop. Because I see this a lot. I see I see writers will finish their first book and they'll go, okay, cool. I've done this thing. Now I need to run off and get it published or find an agent or basically stop everything and do something with that novel. And in all of the time that I have been doing this and talking to other authors that have done this, I've known exactly one writer who got their first novel published. Usually you're not ready, and, I, and people don't want to hear that because, of course, the first novel is so hard to finish. It's just it's a Herculean task. So nobody wants to be told, okay, now do it again. <laughs> but do it again. This was, Ruin of Kings ended up being the, the the sixth book that I'd written. I think Brandon Sanderson, I believe, has a similar thing where Elantris, his first book was also the sixth book he'd actually written. And then he went back and got a lot of his earlier books either rewritten or just polished up and published again. The first book that sold was not the first book he wrote.
0: What novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, goodness.
1: There's a lot right now. There's a lot of amazing stuff out. I have been really enjoying some of the... Let's see. I'm going to actually just look at my bookshelf real quick here. So I got turned on to this this historian named Bernard Bardell. And he writes a lot of really interesting historical analysis of early cultures. And and some not so early cultures. Sometimes it's Middle Ages and things like that. But they're just really fascinating stuff. And then I was also I've also been reading I've also been reading a uh, book on the Consider the Fork, which is a book on cooking throughout history. And let's see. Oh yeah, The Dictator's Handbook, <laughs> which I was reading for reasons that had nothing to do with current events. Just a happy coincidence. Yeah. And what
0: novels have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Gosh, truthfully, my TBR pile, my to be read pile right now is a little bit nuts. But I just finished K.A. Hey Doar's Chronicles of Gideon series, and that was amazing. I'm currently reading through uh, Tasha Suri's books, those are fantastic. Let's see, of course, Harrow the Ninth just came out, and that is also well worth reading, although, we'll start with Gideon the Ninth. There's just, there's a lot of amazing books out right now. Let's see, A.K. Larkwood's The Unspoken Name. If you are more into sci-fi, although she's got a fantasy book coming out. Sorry, I believe it. Ah. Yes. And here I've Let me start back on that part again, because I realize I just misgendered somebody. If you like more science fiction side of stories, S.L. Huang has a, has a bunch of books that are really great. Uh, Zero Sum Game and, and the ones in that series and I believe they have a, a fantasy book that's going to be coming out soon as well. I can, I can go on. There's, there's a great. Lot of really
0: great. books. Out <laughs> right so where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your series?
1: I do have a website, jetlions.com. Although I forget to update it. It's been a while. And then, and then I'm on Twitter all the time and I have an Instagram page as well. Twitter, it's Jen Lyons author. And Instagram, it's Jen Lyons and Tigers. Okay. (laughs) Jen Lyons
0: was taken. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Again, we've been speaking with Jen Lyons, author of the new novel, The Memory of Souls, A Chorus of Dragons, book three. The novel is available now. So go buy a copy. And Jen, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Sure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Great.